The act of turning someone into a vampire requires the recipient to be drained of blood. But if the donor instead feeds their blood to someone still alive, they become what is known as a ghoul, a mortal enhanced by the gifts and curses of Cain's bloodline. These ghouls, much like Renfield of Bram Stoker's Dracula, lives to serve their undead master, fulfilling their needs and desires during the day while their dormitory sleeps. Humans and animals can both be ghouled, and even herbivores can be fed vitae, despite their dietary preferences, and the effect on the consumer takes only a few seconds to manifest. At first, it is something of a shock to the system, like a high dangerously close to an overdose, but it settles quickly, replaced with a feeling of being even more alive than before. Their senses may be enhanced, and a ghoul becomes quicker to bursts of emotions, almost maniacal, their needs and wants strengthened by the blood that curses through them. A ghoul can even frenzy, like a kindred, losing control as they are overwhelmed by intense emotions akin to the beast. But vampiric blood isn't just a potent stimulant. Rather, it has some other unique effects on a mortal body. For one, a ghoul stops aging as long as there is vampiric blood in their veins, the kindred vitae essentially interrupting cell division and decay indefinitely. They are also able to heal themselves much quicker, although this often requires training by a kindred or another ghoul, as it is something that wouldn't come natural, unlike a vampire's ability to heal themselves. It can even make them stronger and faster than other humans, and mimic some of the donor's abilities, if their blood was suitably potent and with enough time to learn, but at the cost of burning the precious vitae cursing through their veins. Even missing limbs can be regrown, although only by ghouls who are both strong-willed as well as fed by potent blood. Some clans with particularly prominent curses, like the Nosferatu, may even inflict a lessened version of this curse upon their ghouls if they drink from their dormitories enough. Left unused, vampiric blood takes about a month to be digested by a ghoul body and replaced with human blood, which means that any ghoul who falls for the addiction, which is a lot of them, needs a steady source of vitae to keep juiced up. They're likely to try to get this from the same source as last time, who will be most delighted to keep them fed. After all, mortals, just like kindred, can be bloodbound, and after the third drink from the source, no ghoul can resist experiencing an overwhelming and unnatural desire for their dormitory. Although it is technically possible to be weaned off the bond, given enough time and lack of kindred vitae. Over time, ghouls forced to do their master's bidding, no matter how inhumane or atrocious, may come to develop derangements and paranoia, and truly old ghouls may sometimes act so twisted that they may be even less human than their kindred dormitories. Animals, as we have mentioned, may also become ghouls. These servants are often not as useful as their human counterparts, lacking the intelligence and ability to do what the two-legged ghouls can, but on the other hand they are also definitely more loyal, or at least less ambitious and much more predictable. It is also said that some animals, especially smaller ones, may grow in size over time as the unnatural blood in their veins works its magic on them. There are recorded occasions of rats being no less than three times their usual size, and Nosferatu are known to ghoul alligators in the New York sewer systems that have grown significantly beyond their normal size. However, supernatural creatures, such as the lupines or werewolves, are immune to becoming ghouled. Their systems quickly regurgitate any consumed vitae. Some ghouls might eventually break their bond, whether they want to or not. Perhaps their dormitory was killed by a rival, or the bond weakened sufficiently for a particularly ill-treated ghoul to take their revenge on their so-called master. Unfortunately, the addiction does not dissipate just because the source is gone, and for these ghouls, already emotionally unstable from the irregular imbibing of the intoxicating vitae, the choice is to either go cold turkey or find a new source. For older ghouls, this might not even be a choice, as they are likely to die as soon as they run out of kindred blood in their system. 
Ghouls who hunt kindred are feared, at least by those smart enough to realize they're a threat. They are driven by a desperate kind of hunger, and they know enough about the vampire world to spot the signs. Sure, one ghoul alone might not prove too much of a threat for a kindred, but when four or more of them bum-rush you and shove a wooden stake through your heart, that's when they're really dangerous. And the worst part? If they don't give you final death, they can live off of you for months, force-feeding you blood and taking just enough back to keep themselves sated. A ghoul who has lost favor with their master might seek to be adopted by another kindred, which is a threat in itself. After all, if you let them know where you live, work and feed, this information can be quite dangerous in the hands of one of your rivals. Hence, most kindred eventually come to the realization that a ghoul is in for a penny, in for a pound. Once they have outlived their usefulness, it is better to end it there. You know, tying up loose ends. Ghouls can in fact still have children, seeing as their bodily functions are, well, functioning. It is a complicated process though, as the blood that keeps a female ghoul alive and unaging has a similar effect on the fetus. It will simply stop growing once it is fed blood from its mother, becoming a ghoul itself. This, however, has not stopped certain kindred from experimentation, and there are a few rumored ancient bloodlines of ghouls that are said to be born with kindred vitae cursing through their veins. These revenants, as they are called, are even capable of producing vitae themselves, although at a much less potent level. They also age much slower, taking almost 50 years to mature, and are often quite inbred due to the strict breeding program maintained by their vampiric masters. They also live longer and in some cases are able to employ vampiric disciplines. Because of generations of inbreeding, they are often physically disfigured, and their most depraved progeny are often hidden away from the outside world. Because of their long history, most of these families are also quite wealthy, with influence stretching far beyond the Carpathian Mountains. Individual kindred, of course, have individual relationships with their ghouls, but there are certain tendencies in each clan that might be of note. Clans like the Bruja, who value equality and camaraderie, tend to have a decent relationship with their ghouls, and Ventru, a clan obsessed with control, might instead micromanage every step their ghouls take, or at least have a much more professional than congenial relationship. Torridor may ghoul at a whim, choosing the prettiest model who happens to be in vogue for the season, and dismissing them just as easily, while Nosferatu embraced the loners and the outcasts, caring for them like their own family. And then there is the Tsimitsi. Almost every single Revenant bloodline were created by the Tsimitsi. The Voivods of Eastern Europe have a long tradition of breeding these trusted servants. The Tsimitsi, whom I have not previously touched upon, are known for one of the most disturbing powers amongst the kindred, vicissitude, flesh crafting. To a skilled Tsimitsi, flesh and bone is like putty, and they are known to experiment gleefully upon mortals and ghouls alike to see what depravities they may create from their still-living subjects. Aside from creating furniture, skin tapestries, flesh rugs and other common household objects out of their ghouls, the Tsimitsi are also known for their Schlachta and the Vorst. Their Schlachta, or guardian ghouls, are pitiful creatures created to be bodyguards, soldiers and sentries. Horrifyingly disfigured and crafted for war, these half-crazed ghouls are the stuff of nightmares, with weapons forged from their own bones and teeth, perhaps with the addition of an animal or two in the mix. They are designed specifically to frighten their enemies as well, flesh-crafted into walking abominations, making it hard to believe that they were once human. The Vosht, even more than the Schlachta, are nightmarish creations who, thankfully, are far from common these days, as they are literal walking breaches of the masquerade. Giant monsters forged from over a dozen bloodbound ghouls, they exist only to wage war on the enemies of their masters. Although the fact that they are often heavily lobotomized means that they might have trouble distinguishing friends from foes. They are often starved before battle, so as to ensure that their hunger-fueled frenzy will be as destructive as possible. 
With the modern day's spread of cameras, mass media and the internet, the Vorst have fallen out of favor with the Tsimitsi and the Sabbat, who even they realize it might not be worth it. The only advice if you ever were to meet one, however, is to run. These are the ghoul equivalents of a tactical nuclear weapon. A kindred may have hundreds of human servants, but very few ghouls. The difference is the fact that a ghoul will almost always know who you are and they know what you can give them. They may work fast and hard and are eager for another taste of your red, but at the end of the day they are slaves to a thirst quite similar to yours. Still, their loyalty and the lengths they may be willing to go make them highly valuable servants. Some princes realize this and might even put a limit to how many ghouls any kindred may have, the masquerade threatened for each mortal inducted into the secrets of the kindred world. For my next episode, we will once again delve into the history of a clan as we study the Ventru, the foundation and leaders of the Camarilla. But until then, thank you very much for listening, and be safe out there, for Gehenna may soon be upon us.